Hey guys, and thank you so much for checking out another Star Wars podcast, our breakdown of the Kenobi season finale. Before we get into the episode, I do want to let you guys know that Matt and I had some unprecedented sound issues that we were not aware of until we got done recording this episode. So as you will notice, Matt's audio is a lot more quiet than mine. We did try to fix this in post, but... It's still not the best quality. Because of that, I do recommend that you listen to this episode with headphones on just so you can hear Matt more clearly. Um, I apologize for this, but I hope you guys enjoy our Kenobi finale discussion. Regardless, thank you so much for engaging with the channel and all of your comments on our reaction videos. We love reading the comments and we love engaging with you guys in this community. Drop a comment and let us know what you thought of the Kenobi finale. And don't forget, the Force will be with you always. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to the channel. Uh, before we get into our Kenobi uh, finale talk, just want to remind you to hit that subscribe button for all the latest and greatest here on that channel. Um, we got a lot of stuff coming out this year. What have we got, Matt? We got Andor. We got Tales of the Jedi. We got, oh my gosh, my mind's blanking. We've got The Mandalorian Season 3. Bad Batch. Season, <laughs> Bad Batch. Season 2. We've got a lot of stuff up and coming to the channel. So if you like geeky fun and Star Wars conversation and crying over Star Wars, you guys should follow us and be a part of our little community here because we love you guys. But we do have the Kenobi finale to break down today. But first things first, how are you today, Matt? I'm good. I mean, I'm um, feeling pretty good after a very eventful uh, season finale? Series finale? I don't know. It's very ambiguous at the moment. Very ambiguous. But I feel good. Very high on Star Wars at the moment. What about you? I feel good. I mean, about the finale or just in general? <laughs> Either one. Uh, I, in general, I feel pretty good. Um, I just told Matt earlier that I'm going to see Billy Joel this weekend, which is so exciting because he's like one of my favorite musicians ever. So I could not be more pumped up about this weekend. So I'm very excited about that. And as far as Kenobi goes, I am, I think the finale was satisfying, but I'm just kind of like, okay. Like, I don't think I'm uh, as on a high as you per se, but I'm not like, grr. You know, so I'm like, I'm on, I'm on the middle ground. I'm not on the high ground. I'm not on the low ground. I'm on the middle ground. But let's get into some Kenobi conversation. Where would you like to start? Because we do have a, actually, let's just start with this episode and then we can talk about the show as a whole. So go to town and then I will follow suit. Go to town. Um, I'm very high on this episode. I think it was great. I think it was a fantastic finish. I think... Anyone who didn't like this episode is crazy. This is a very, very good way to end the series. Say what you will about the season as a whole, but it was wrapped up very, very nicely. As a recap of what happens, it's the last season of Obi-Wan. Vader is in a Imperial Star Destroyer chasing Obi-Wan and his ragtag team of rebels. Uh, Leia on board. The ship is not working. So Obi-Wan decides to lure Vader out in order to save his friends. At the same time, Riva is after Luke for some reason that they don't do a great job of explaining 100% why. <laughs> I guess it's because to get Anna revenge on Anakin, maybe. That's my guess. 
maybe on Obi-Wan. I don't know. It's not super clear. But I think it's probably to, to get revenge on Anakin or maybe kill Luke so that Anakin doesn't happen again. Kill his offspring so there's no more Anakins. <laughs> and yeah, so that's the that's the the theme of the show. I'm, it's a very uh, abbreviated version. The Spark um, Notes version. <laughs> yeah, the Spark Notes version. Obi-Wan's meditating, trying to get Qui-Gon in there to help him out. Vader comes down. They duel. It's the duel of the century. And this is some of the best Star Wars content ever in this show. Um, this duel, I think, is perfect. I think it was perfectly executed. I think the dialogue between Obi-Wan and Anakin slash Vader was flawless. I think the way they wrapped up the show was very nice, bringing in some original trilogy music, having that transition from Vader uh, as like a more rough around the edges, sympathetic Vader who still has ties past to Obi-Wan, um, kind of evolving into, I need to forget about this guy, otherwise the Emperor is going to replace me kind of thing. Also, we get the Emperor in it, which is which is dope. That was um, definitely a surprise to be sure, but a welcome one. <laughs> yes. And uh, Qui-Gon, obviously. So it was just fan service, a fan service, fan service, original trilogy music, Palpatine, Anakin. We get, obviously, I think, top three best Star Wars moments ever. Um, in the Obi-Wan Vader fight and we have the reveal of half Vader half Anakin face similar to Rebels and I this is why I'm high on Star Wars right now the scene was so well done so well shot I don't care what anyone says about the series if that was all we got out of it like if you take one thing away from this that's what we get out of it it's a powerful emotional um, well communicated well choreographed and well shot well written scene so I love that. I think that's obviously the highlight of the episode. But there's a couple other highlights, too. Like I said, we have Qui-Gon at the very end, which I do have a problem with, which I'll, I'll get, get into in a second. Um, <laughs> we have Reva's story kind of come full circle, which I also have another, a bit of a problem with, but we'll get back to that. Um, <laughs> we'll get and, to it. <laughs> and then we have uh, um, Leia wrap everything up with her, which I think was fantastic, uh, uh, with her parents seeing Obi-Wan for the last time, explain a lot of stuff. There for the original trilogy, we get the Imperial March once again, which was amazing. And I think overall it wrapped everything up nicely. Now, I, I got to go back and rewatch the whole series to see how I feel about it as a whole. But I think mm -hmm. it's safe to say now that it's wrapped up. I have some thoughts on, on the thing as a whole, which we can get to it uh, in a little bit later once, once you give your thoughts on the sure. episode. But I think for me, this episode's in the nines. I think this is like a nine point two or three for me in terms of like as a standalone episode, mm -hmm. it did a fantastic job of wrapping things up. I felt very satisfied at the end. I felt like there was closure at the end with everything, just like Obi-Wan felt. And I was, I was just very happy with it. And, and like I said, I have problems with the show and I have even had problems with this episode. Like Qui-Gon, I, I think they just kind of threw him in there at the end. I don't think mm. that was, the best way to, to utilize the character. And from what I understand, there's like five minutes of actual dialogue between them that they cut out, which I think is a shame. What? In the yeah. show? Yeah. And, um, but <laughs> it does, it does, I get why they did it. You obviously don't want to make the entire show about Qui-Gon. I also thought the Reva ending was very weak. She just kind of floats off into existence knowing that Luke is Anakin's kid. That's bizarre yeah. to me. Don't really know why they did that. I think they cut some of her scenes out. It seemed pretty obvious to me. They cut some of her stuff. 
Yeah, they did. Um, there were reports that came out that apparently they cut out like a large chunk of her original ending. Yeah, that was that felt rushed to me. I don't know. Again, I don't know why the episodes are so short. Make it I don't eight know episodes. Either, Make the season eight episodes or nine episodes or ten episodes or like, ten. <laughs> like the, this episode, this episode still felt like it got everything in there that it needed to, but it did feel there's parts like the Reva part felt rushed. At the end, I kept looking at the time to see how much is left because I'm like, mm. how would they? Okay, this is cutting it close, you know. And you want <laughs> you want to feel like it's um, uh, it's on pace to, to hit all the the beats that you wanted to hit. Sure. Um, but still, overall, like I said, it's like a nine point two, nine point three. The duel between Vader and Anakin is it's one of my favorite scenes and moments of Star Wars ever. I haven't felt that way about Star Wars. In a long time, a long time. Obi Wan Kenobi quote from New Hope. Yes, um, I caught that. Okay. So, <laughs> <laughs> so that's and that's where my ratings really coming from, and that's also why my overall rating for the show, which we can get into later, is going to be a little bit higher than, than I think your average person is because this um, evoked major prequel vibes for me, but it also evoked major original trilogy New Hope vibes for me, and it really bridged those two together nicely at the end of the day, which is what the show set out to do. Were there moments that missed? Yes. Throughout the season, was there moments that missed throughout the last episode? Yes, but I am very happy with it overall. Um, I think it was a fantastic end to the show. I'll stop blabbering now because I've been all over the place and I'm not articulating myself. (laughs) You're totally fine. I never feel like I articulate myself well enough. It's like I come into these shows and I'm like, I have a great grasp on what I'm about to say. No, I don't. My brain stops working the second the camera goes on. <laughs> so yeah, I, I get it. Yeah, I had more to say yesterday. When the, I wish we would have recorded yesterday because I had much more succinct thoughts. Um, but that's okay. Sorry. I, I definitely forgot to text you. Matt texted me yesterday and was like, can you record? And I was like, no, I'm out with family. <laughs> so my bad. Sorry. I would have ideally liked to record yesterday too. But yesterday was actually this whole week's been kind of nuts. But yeah. Um, no, I'm glad to hear you liked it. Like, that's great. Gosh, I have so many thoughts. I don't even know where to start. I think that this episode was a satisfying ending to the entire show. And I definitely think that this episode and the last episode were the strongest of the entire season, without a doubt. And I feel like these last two episodes incorporated a lot of elements that people wanted to see for the overall show. I'll just start with what I liked at first. I... So I have really mixed things about... I. Excuse me. I've mixed feelings about the helmet slash just because it is essentially a shot for shot remake of what happened in Rebels, but I do think it worked in the show. And I think because I, I don't know if you watched my reaction video, I cried when he when he slashed the helmet open. I don't I think Ewan's acting got to me, dude. And like he started tearing up and was like, no, not my favorite crying. <laughs> like, yeah. And so I think his performance, which by the way, has just been spectacular throughout. I cannot sing praises of you and enough. You could not have been better casting on Star Wars's part. Like he was perfect. Thank you, George Lucas. His moment of tearing up and looking at his friend and being like, oh my God, that is my friend. And I didn't want to believe it, but I now I'm facing it and I have to believe it. Also, the... The intertwining of Anakin and Vader's voice switching back and forth with like the, the crackling of the, the voice modulator. Ooh. <laughs> the the whole delivery of um you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. Oh my gosh. So heartbreaking. So perfectly acted. I think 
Hayden just crushed that. That was yeah. so, so, so good. And also the but symbolism the- there, obviously, too, with the, the different lightsaber colors there as it yeah, as they reflected off his face. I thought that was I thought that was very well done. I thought their dialogue was very well done. Again, I think one thing that this show has consistently gotten right is Darth Vader. I don't have any problems with the interpretation of this show. He him using the force to like give a force quake? Like what? That was so sick. I have I have never seen that before. I thought that was so cool. I loved his power, his rage in that scene. I got a great kick out of that entire sequence. What planet was that on, by the way? I don't know. I I think they just were like, well, they're going to go down to a random rock planet again. You know, the marketing really made it seem like they were going to go back to Mustafar, and they definitely sold it to us that way. And then we ended up being on this rock planet, which wasn't entirely clear what they were doing there. But I digress. That's like a very tiny detail. Um, I, I loved, I don't know why this hit me, but Joel Edgerton in this episode as uncle Owen, Mm-hmm. what Very a solid good. performance from him yeah, like so good he made watching that like i really felt owen's motivations and i really felt his love and protectiveness of luke and i just think that joel edgerton has done such an amazing job making that character so empathetic and so relatable where you're like yeah i kind of get why he doesn't want luke around obi-wan like this is completely understandable and so i really liked that they painted him in this very loving family member light because the original trilogy doesn't you know like it's kind of there it's kind of there i think they did they painted him meaner in the first episode he was harder to empathize with in the Mm -hmm. first episode versus this one which i'm sure was probably on purpose but um i love the what baru says to him which is he's like like, where's everyone yeah anymore she's like whose fault is that Mm -hmm. um that was a great line to throw in there because yeah. she's clearly like, and she connects really well with the original trilogy, Baru, before she gets. They they were both they were both really good casting. I thought, yeah. but I loved I loved Owen. I agree with you. Riva has just been all over the board in terms of character development and character motivations. And I got to be honest, I don't even think you really needed her in the show. I think you could take her out of the show and the show would progress exactly the same. Had you taken the Grand Inquisitor and put the Grand Inquisitor in place of Reva, that would have been better. Overcomplicated it by adding an extra character, which by the way, I think yep. I know why, but finish your thoughts. And I, I think I have, I have a theory as to why that didn't land and why she was added in the first place. Yes. I don't want to get into overall thoughts yet. I'm trying to stick to this particular episode. What else happened in this episode? I did like the the fight scene here's a weird thing owen and baru are farmers and they don't strike you as fighters in like the original trilogy you're like really could these two people fight they're farmers whatever but that being said i did really enjoy that whole fight sequence with reva and owen and super tense i thought it worked and i was actually afraid for owen despite knowing that he would be fine yep and And i really too right which is that's a good move on the writers and directors part to to get those emotions from you, even though we know what happens. Yeah. And so I was impressed with that. I really liked that. Gosh, what else happened in this episode? I, my mind is blanking out. I, I, gosh, I'm going to be on the same page. I think you and I both have a lot to say on the Qui-Gon thing. Obviously when you see Qui-Gon, it's just like, Oh my goodness gracious. It has been 20 something years. Liam Neeson is the goat. I cannot believe I'm looking at him. This is just bringing up so many prequely feelings. And I love that. And that's so great. But I don't think it was done in the best way. 
I think they did it too late. And you and I can get into this as you explain your thoughts a little bit more. Last thing, and then we can have a little bit more of a conversation. But the other thing that stood out to me is finally we got some Star Wars music in Mm -hmm. this show. I cannot tell you, Matt, how much better I was able to equate this to the Star Wars universe as a whole because of the music and because they used motifs that we, the audience, are familiar with because we have an emotional connection to it. Like the Force theme, like it came over and all of a sudden I was watching the show and I was like, this is Star Wars. Yeah. And I haven't really felt like the Star Wars-y feel throughout this show, but the second that theme came on, I was like, what is going, what am I feeling? Like, this is, this is, oh my goodness, I'm having such an emotional reaction to this. And then finally they give us the Darth Vader theme and finally they give us Princess Leia's theme. And I just think the lack of Star Wars music in this show has been hurting it a lot. And to finally get that in the last episode, I'm just like sad because I'm like, oh my gosh, had you incorporated this earlier, that would have made some of the emotional beats of the overall series hit that much harder. And I'm I'm sad because of that, because I was like, oh, there it is. There it is. Now it feels like Star Wars and it's cut off or so we think. I don't know. But yeah, I'll think of more things to talk about as we go on. But those were the basic like good things that hit me. But yeah, let's let's delve into some stuff. Why don't we talk about Reva first and that character? Um. Yeah. Sure. So, uh, do you want to like do overall show or just in this episode? Well, I want to talk about a couple things um, that you mentioned first. So the music thing, uh, I agree, but I think it's a two pronged thing here. I don't disagree with them waiting to use the Imperial March till the end. I, I think that was kind of cool how they did that. It's more of like, all right, Vader's letting go. Now this is the a new hope, Vader. Mm-hmm. I think that was really cool, and the, the payoff was unique. And also, I really enjoyed Vader's theme in the show before the Imperial March. So, like his, uh, which starts in the second episode when he opens his eyes when Obi Wan realizes Anakin's still alive, and also the themes in uh, the third episode, um, the the dark Vader theme going on there was I thought awesome. Um, I'm trying to. I'm trying to think of the motif. <laughs> it's like boom, whatever. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, it's like that one horn. That yeah, that one mm-hmm. note. It's very cool. Um, it's very dark, and I enjoyed that. The force theme coming in. I think yeah, you could probably have used that more. Maybe in the in the first episode or second episode. I don't think that really cheapens it. A lot of people are saying you have to wait for the payoff. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think yeah, neither do I. Star Wars, Star Wars. That's what we all remember. This this is a major mm-hmm. problem with the prequels. I had too was they played the wrong themes at the wrong times. And you mean the sequels? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean the sequels. Um, and then I also thought like use more prequel music even too. You don't have to use the original music. At least use more prequel music. Mm. Um, and Obi Wan's theme was fantastic. Overused a little bit. That was like the main thing you kept hearing over and over again in the show. I mean, I know the show's Obi Wan, I guess. <laughs> But excellent. I thought it was fantastic. So I don't have a problem with it being used. I just think there's little things. So, and like Leia's theme being played at the end, I think that's fine. Wait till the end for that. But it's the little things. It's when the, the Star Destroyer's chasing their little escape pod thing. And it's playing that, even that original trilogy sounding yep. motif. Use that stuff. Pepper that in more. You know? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, I don't understand why we haven't been doing this with some of these Star Wars shows. It doesn't have to be a recognizable theme, but if it's similar to what we heard in the 
original trilogy or prequels, like I think that even works. So uh, on your point of the music, I agree, but I also disagree. Like Vader's theme being used at the end, I think is appropriate. Fine. I'm, I'm totally fine with the way they did that. Same with Leia's theme. However, I think they could have used Binary Sunset a little bit earlier on, especially when Luke's there on the moisture farm. Like, why are we not? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> That's um, such a good point, especially because they gave you those big wide shots of the farm. Like yeah. in that, the last like, episode. What are we doing? Like, it just sets the stage. It, it just, it makes the world feel bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that's my thoughts on that. It doesn't ruin the show for me by any stretch of the imagination, but it certainly wouldn't have hurt. I don't think you're going to hear anyone complain if they would have stuffed that stuff in there. You know, I have two trains of thoughts on this. The first being is I've seen a lot of fan videos on YouTube where they're taking scenes from Kenobi, specifically with Vader and Obi-Wan, and they're putting prequel music over it just to kind of test out. And it completely changes the scene for me personally, because then I'm making that emotional connection to oh, Battle of the Heroes with Obi-Wan and Anakin in the third act of Revenge of the Sith. And it really helps connect those moments. And for me, it just put me more in that Star Wars-y feeling. Mm -hmm. And so I really do think where some scenes kind of failed to have that Star Wars-iness element, they really could have been uplifted by the music. And to follow up with that, I think someone who does this really well is Kevin Kiner with the animated series. If you look at Star Wars Rebels, if you look at the Bad Batch, he writes... Well, okay, he consulted on Bad Batch. I think that those were his kids, uh, Sean and Dean Kiner, who did Bad Batch. But in Bad Batch, like, Omega has a theme that's, like, yeah. strictly Omega's theme, and it's very recognizable. And when you hear it, you're going to go, oh, okay, that's Omega's theme. But they also tie her theme in to motifs from Attack of the uh, Clones. Remember when they go back to um, Kamino? in the last episode of Bad Batch Season 1? Mm-hmm. It's that little motif of Kamino from Attack of the Clones. Mm-hmm. that to me completely took me back to that era of episode two. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I feel like I'm back in that timeline. And it totally just uplifted the show and made it that much more impactful because we form emotional relationships with these musical cues. And so when we hear them, it's familiar and it pulls at your heartstrings because it goes, hey, remember this? Mm-hmm. And I think but in the Kenobi show, not blending something old with the something new they they kind of didn't have the full effect that they could have, especially because, like, you know, Kevin Kiner, like, in Star Wars Rebels, like, each of the Rebels, each of the Rebels characters have a theme, and then he intertwines that with the original trilogy motifs. And so it goes, the Rebels characters are new, but the elements that you love about the original trilogy still exist here. And so I do think the music could have been blended to better uplift the Kenobi show. And I'm sad that they only really seem to touch on it in the last episode, because I really think it only would have made certain moments be that much more impactful. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I think that's well said. It's, um, it's a thing that I'm not going to make a huge issue of it, but I just think it's like uh, kind of a missed opportunity. Um, I agree. Just like I think that the, having more Clone Wars flashbacks was kind of a missed opportunity. Yes. Um, not having Qui-Gon come in early. You mentioned him in the first two episodes and don't mention him again, really, until like kind of in there. And then the, like the last three seconds of the episode, that's just fan service, which fine. I'm glad to see him. It's just I think there was a, there's a couple things um, around the duel, for example, that would have been more impactful. I still love it. Still like a 10 out of 10 scene for me. But I think there's a couple things that could have enhanced it. Number one, having Qui-Gon talk with Obi-Wan either beforehand, like have him finally reach Qui-Gon beforehand, or during at some point. 
Mm-hmm. Now, I get why they didn't do this because the whole reason Obi-Wan wasn't seeing Qui-Gon really, that's the impression I got, is that he, he's like lost faith in the Force. He's a beaten down, um, discouraged, sad person in this mm-hmm. show. And so he's kind of lost his connection with the Force there uh, ever since Mustafar. So I kind of get that's, the, I mean, I think that's what they were going for. So I think that's probably why. But I think that would that would have been nice if maybe he reconnected with the force beforehand in order to yep. strengthen to go mm-hmm. fight Darth Vader. That wasn't really conveyed that he had his strength back. Um, and I think I think that was kind of a, a missed scene we could have done in episode four or five. So I, I wish they would have done something along those lines where you actually get to see Obi-Wan meditating and fighting and, and figuring out how to be a Jedi again. Um, the second thing I think that was, and but also by the way, like um, him in that like pit when Vader throws all the rocks on him and he has the high ground, which is sick by the way. Yeah. Um, him being discouraged from you know, all those voices of Anakin and Vader running through his head, and then he thinks of the kids. Very good moment, very underrated moment in this episode where he thinks of Luke and Leia, and that's his purpose, and he is the last line of defense to protect these children um, who are the children of. His former best friend. Mm-hmm. Very powerful moment. Still, like, I like that. But the other thing that would have made this fight scene a little bit more pow- powerful to me was Obi Wan just comes out like that's his motivation to get out. But it wasn't as impactful as it could have been. I think there wasn't a reason for Obi Wan to have that anger. And I think one thing to note here is uh, Obi Wan's using um, Form Three. Uh, this is sorry, I've got to have to. He's using Form Three, which is a little. It's more of a defensive fighting stance. Right. But he uses it offensively when he goes after Vader, and that ends, ends up being like why he wins, right? Mm-hmm. He has that aggression behind it. There wasn't a catalyst to spark that aggression from Obi Wan, and there wasn't a catalyst to spark aggression from Vader. So, what do you mean, like, like? So I, let me finish. So the if if Obi Wan would have mentioned something about Padme to Vader, oh. then we get to see the anger there of him beating Obi Wan. That's, we should have seen something like that to see why Vader's fighting so viciously at the beginning and saying, like, this is why you'll always lose. Where does that anger come from? You know, like, I, I thought there needed to be something there to kind of spark that. And conversely, I think it needed to be something similar to kind of rhyme with Return of the Jedi. You know, when Vader's talking, taunting Luke about his sister, and if you won't turn, perhaps she will. You know, and then Luke gets all pissed off and starts going to town on Vader. Yeah. I think having something similar, but to Obi-Wan in some way i don't know i feel like that could have been help explain why where obi-wan gets his mojo back from yeah so you mean so just so i understand you in the sequence from when he gets up after being buried by the rocks Mm -hmm. you wanted to see more of a moment for him to kind of unleash at vader because then he sneaks up up behind vader and he's like yeah he goes crazy and then he has that moment with all the rocks which i know you didn't like i thought it was pretty cool (laughs) he looked like Um, jesus (laughs) but like where did he get that that power back from it's just like and even even Vader's like your strength has returned it's like okay oh i get um, i get what you're saying where yeah it's returned i mean obviously we can see that but like where did it come from you know what? You know what I thought was going to happen in that moment to play off what you're saying here, because I definitely agree with you. There was really no build up to Obi Wan's return to being an old Jedi Master. It's like he spends 20 seconds in a back to tank in Episode Four, yeah, and then he's back to normal. Yeah, 
And he doesn't train, he doesn't meditate, try to get in contact with Qui-Gon. He doesn't have like a Rocky-esque moment where he's like, da-da-da, swishing his lightsabers or whatever. He's just kind of back. I thought that when he was underneath the rocks and he can hear the voices of Anakin and all these conflicting feelings inside, I thought that he was going to hear Qui-Gon's voice kind of call out to him going, Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan. And then- like yeah. slowly Obi-Wan like lifts the rocks and it's almost like Qui-Gon is giving him strength. And then that's how he would go back to yeah. kind of fight Vader. Yeah, he didn't even need to have a conversation with him. I no, he didn't. Like, just hearing hearing that voice in there, I think would have had a bigger impact as well as I think it would have had um, a much more emotional impact if Obi-Wan mentioned Padme. Uh, yep. name to Anakin and then Anakin gets really mad and he loses anyways in his rage because rage is not about this right and yep. obi-wan still beats him and then he has those lines right about how he's sorry that's the, that would be the only changes i would make i don't i'm not a writer i don't know exactly how you do it but um those were a couple things that i just thought felt like they were a little bit missing but i, I still defin- loved it like it, that scene is still one of the most powerful in all of star wars uh like you had mentioned earlier that you didn't kill anakin i did like still amazing the apology from ewan amazing amazing acting from him <laughs> Um, Dude, he was like full blown tears. I, so good. God, like so good. he's he is he and the writing of Vader are just yes. like so consistent in this show. He's yeah. ridiculous. I yeah. love him. I also think um, after that performance, I feel like the Vader Obi Wan story feels complete to me now. It didn't before when he left him on Mustafar. Um, he was but the learner the and being like, well, that was a sick dark ending. Now it feels like okay, I get the like the arc for both of those characters obi-wan and anakin makes so much more sense to me now like it just it connects more also seeing the half vader half anakin face is so necessary for what you and i talked about last time which is like you finally can see anakin as vader as this evil guy which is important for people to see to connect so a lot of times it's, it's easy to look at vader and just be like oh it's a robot guy right <laughs> you, you forget the, of who's behind it but that scene was so important to see that and then also for obi-wan to get that closure in a weird sick twisted way but anakin was giving him that closure, saying, I'm not your failure. You didn't do this. I did. Which, he says it in a sick, twisted, evil way, but at the same time, I, it, it, the way I interpret that is like, he's telling Obi-Wan, stop blaming yourself. This is what I want. I chose this. You know? Mm. Which I thought was so well done, so well written, the way they did that. Hayden's acting here, insanely good. Can I say something real quick? Yeah. I don't want to hear that Hayden is a bad actor. I don't yeah. want to hear it. Okay, like in the prequel trilogy, a a lot of people have criticized his performance there, but a lot of that is also the directing. Case in point, I think it's the same thing with Moses Ingram. She gave her best performance in this last episode, her best performance. I do not think she's a bad actress. I don't think the writing and the directing has been serving her as well as it could be. Now, she's got, there's a couple things about her acting that don't exactly hit home with me, but I don't think that she's like outer core, just like a terrible actress. But going back to Hayden, I don't want to hear this ever again. <laughs> like, stop. Like, he well, gave some really good performances. The way George Lucas directed him in the prequels, he delivers the lines the way he delivers them because that's how Vader talks. Mm-hmm. He talks in a very blocky way. If you were to take the, you know, James Earl Jones's voice cadence versus Hayden's in the prequels, pretty spot on the way they talk like he, he he's very direct in the way he says things and it's it's blocky 
it doesn't really translate to seeing a real person do that, but it does when you watch Vader talk like that. You know, Vader has some sick one-liners, by the way, in this show. Oh, in this show? Yeah, dude. Oh, my God. When he was standing above Obi-Wan, I swear to God, I was expecting a line about the high ground. I was like, (laughs) if he says something about the high ground, it's going to be so stupid. But I think that (laughs) I'm so glad they didn't. I'm so glad because you're right. They wrote Vader flawless. Vader was flawless. Not a bad scene of Vader. Um, He's perfect. By the way, I think Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan's character was written pretty much perfectly as well. But let's get into Reva for a second because yeah, <laughs> uh, because you Ooh. mentioned it, you brought it up. I don't think she's a bad actress either, but I think this is what happened. And this is a big corporation Disney problem more than it is um, with anyone else. So this was supposed to be a movie, right? Obi-Wan show. Yes. The accident after Solo mm-hmm. shit the bed. And <laughs> then they were like, all right, there was an outcry from fans to bring it to, you know, to do it. And so they're like, all right, we'll do it. Great. Now, Disney being Disney is like, okay, we want to make as much money as we can from this. Let's make it into a, a, you know, a six-episode show or whatever so that people have to subscribe for multiple months <laughs> to watch the whole thing. Because um, this did come out end of May, right? So Touché. it's a money grab for them at the end of the day. And what I think happened is when you make a TV show you or a movie, by the way, you have an A plot, B plot, and the C plot usually. Like for TV mm-hmm. shows, that's mainly how it works. Movies can be a little different, but that's the the gist of it. And I think what happened with this was they were trying to add a B plot and a C plot, and it is just didn't connect. They had the Vader Obi Wan thing down. You could tell they nailed Vader slash Anakin in this, like perfect. I don't think they could have done a better job with conveying who that character was. Obi Wan was great as well beat down broken attitude and then the evolution over the course of the show to becoming at peace with everything and living out his life um the way it is now and having going to have forced adventures with Qui-Gon or whatever the hell's going on there (laughs) but uh they so with the other B plot C plot stuff they added characters like Reva Mm -hmm. and in doing so they are trying to put together a story that doesn't really need to be told and I think that's what showed here yes i agree with you that the grand inquisitor could have filled this role just as well um i also think that they didn't tell the story as best they could with reva they haven't they didn't make it super clear a lot of times it's uh you know you gotta you gotta be really obvious with your audience of of what you're doing with the character she was kind of all over the place um and it wasn't the acting it was the writing it's like they're, they're trying to do a uh, switcheroo on you and try to fool you about mm-hmm. what her motives are. And in doing so, they just make the character more confusing. So in my opinion, this is my opinion on the show as a whole, it should have just stayed a movie. They should have made it a movie. Um, there are some excellent, excellent moments in this show throughout the six episodes. But if you take those best moments, you can condense it down to about two, maybe two and a half really good hours of the show. And that's a movie. <laughs> um, and if you cut out all the other stuff, which just feels like filler, which unnecessary, mm-hmm. then I don't, you don't really lose much of the story. <laughs> I think the, the, the core of it's there. Another thing I think that kind of goes along with this, which is, you know, with the, with the B plot and C plot, you know, obviously the, the Reva thing is, is the, right. the B plot. C plot's going to be like the Leia Luke stuff. Yeah. Which kind of come together. But you need to go to 
to make it really feel like Star Wars and to have these plots feel like they're coming together, you need to go to different planets, I think, and and show, um, like, just show the, the the difference of these things and, and show the different characters on those different planets that isn't just Obi-Wan every single time because otherwise it makes the world feel small. And I know they did go to, to other planets here. That's not my point. My point is you need to show these other characters and invest in these characters more. Like Reva, she's on Fortress Inquisitorius or whatever, but, like, Let's follow her for more than just one scene jumping around yeah. at a time. Like, you need to follow... I need to get to know this character. Who is she? What is she like? What is she not like? You know what I mean? I, so- I absolutely agree with exactly what you're saying because I was going to follow up with that. I was like, all the characters in this show, whether it was Reva or the fifth brother who fell off the face of the planet yeah. or like what happened to him yeah. or Roken or Tala, they were all severely underdeveloped. Mm-hmm. And the person, arguably, who got the most of that development was probably Tala. But even then, I don't feel like her story was that effective because we didn't spend enough time with these characters or how they interacted with their environment. And I love what you said about following Reva around. I think the reason why her character did not hit people as hard as they wanted is because we, don't we really don't know anything about her. Yeah, we like, so we don't care. If we don't know anything about her, okay, great. Like, whatever. You got stabbed as a youngling. Who cares? Like, I don't know anything about you. You need to make me feel empathetic towards Like, I think what have been great is I am still really on the train of the flashbacks should have been a story tool throughout the entire show. One thing that they could have done that would have improved the show significantly is if you show Reva in the Jedi Temple and the younglings are watching Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi training in one of these little dojo rooms that they show in star wars rebels and the padawans are like oh my god that's general skywalker oh my god he's so amazing and you really see them have this respect for this guy and maybe he like turns around and smiles at them and they're like oh my god he's so cool or whatever and then later when you show the scene of anakin cutting these children down it would really just crush you to see, yeah. oh my God, they really respected and they thought that this guy was here to save them and he was the hero of the Clone Wars and here he is cutting them down. Like, can you imagine if we had just gotten one little scene like that, how much harder Reva's character would have hit? Because essentially that's like, everybody has someone in their life where they're like, I look at that guy and he's like my older brother or that is my older brother or that's my best friend. Like, imagine that and then that person betraying everything you thought that they were everybody can relate to that or at least that idea and to have reva witness anakin in his good days and then the day that he took everything from her just would have made the show so much better but it's like these little moments that they don't incorporate it that add to the lack of impact in the entire series i agree and so off that point either make it a movie or make it more episodes Six episodes, it always made me nervous. I don't know if I mentioned this before, but the six episode thing is like, wow, that seems short. Uh, why can't we have, or at least eight? <laughs> Let it breathe a little bit. Like, don't rush through this stuff. Like, um, it's okay. You're not going to lose our attention or something doesn't always have to be super exciting and happening in like an action scene. Like, we want to see character development. We want to care about these characters. And they rushed through it. I agree. It's like that just wasn't as impactful as it could have been. You're totally right on the Padawan thing, by the way. Like that would have been way cooler if you had if you used the flashbacks as more of a storytelling device throughout. It would have been much more exciting, much more fun. 
And it just makes Reva a better character because yeah, then you would be like more her more. Her having a, a spinoff, you know, I'm like, okay, cool. Cause that is an interesting story, by the way. It Someone is turns bad and turns back to good, but doesn't die. Like they always do in the Star Wars movies. I think um, she was a redeemable character, by the way, but they really confuse you at the beginning because like, she says stuff like when Obi-Wan escapes her in the second episode, she's like, you can't escape him, Obi-Wan. It's like, would her character really say that? Yeah. Um, if she's hunting him. Me, might maybe like but yeah because you don't care about vader really you, you're the one who's trying to hunt vader so why are you trying to threaten obi-wan because you're trying to use yeah. him so i don't know i just like there's lines like that where i'm like that would her character really say that if that's what her motivations are? well she also like gave the impression that she was hunting obi-wan for like the first yeah three or four episodes so like what's her deal with him why does she hate obi-wan so much you know yeah, like they don't they don't really get into like that aspect of it you know, and like even even going in to get the kids, like you are to get Anakin or Luke, whatever his name is. Um, yeah, why did she go get Luke? What was the point? Well, I think it was to, to get revenge on Anakin, like kill his kid, or um, maybe maybe like I said before, so that Luke doesn't become someone like Anakin. Like I could get that, but it's also like. But they never explain cleaner. that. <laughs> no, and then they rush through her ending, which I thought was a disservice to her character. Like Obi Wan's, like, hey, it's fine. <laughs> you're forgiven but now you know the deepest darkest secret in the whole galaxy like okay i mean which by the way maybe they tell a really good story maybe they do a spinoff with her and they develop the character more i just think in terms of this show a little unnecessary um same with the fifth brother by the way what <laughs> happened to him yeah. where is he yeah nothing happens um and so that was just, that was strange. I, I think you need to, they needed to let these characters breathe a little bit more. Either make the show longer or make it a movie. <laughs> you know what? I'm going to. At least eight episodes would have been better. I'm going to follow up based on what you just said there. I agree with you. I think the show should have been a movie, especially after like looking at the bigger picture. And I'm definitely going to go back and watch all of these as like a cohesive thing. I bet you could make a super cut, by the way, and someone should do this. Uh, just take all the best scenes out of the show and recut it together. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good be, idea i think it'd be more powerful that way i completely concur with that that actually would be really interesting to see in the light of the overall series but no my follow-up was going to be the biggest issue with this show is it was rushed and you could definitely tell with the length of the episodes with how many episodes there were I think this show, you know, if you want to keep it a show and not make it a movie, it definitely needed to be 10 episodes because a lot of the emotional payoffs that you and I- 10, not 30 minute episodes. 10, not 30 minute episodes completely agree because I think what you're talking about here and especially using Reva as an example, um, these moments weren't allowed to breathe. They never had these moments of actually like sitting down and going, who is Tala and how could she help Obi-Wan's character move forward? Who is Roken? How can Roken help move Obi-Wan's character forward? Who is Reva? How does Reva have a place in the story? And how can she be a character as a, used as a metaphor for what's going on between Anakin and Obi-Wan? She's almost like, you know, the third party that we could look through her eyes, for example. But they didn't let these moments breathe and have the emotional impact that they were expected to have. And I guess this can be our segue into Qui-Gon Jinn, which I think you're going to say the same thing that I'm going to say, which is he was he was kind of just shoehorned in. 
at the end. And he should have been an overarching impact throughout this entire show. He there should have been a reference to him in every single episode. Now I understand they kept faking you out, which is what's annoying about it though. Yes. That was so obnoxious. They kept pulling the string. Is Obi-Wan gonna contact him? No, he's not. Is he gonna contact? No, he's not. Guys, okay, I'm gonna do this. Just either bring him in or don't. And then you I even said in my reaction, I'm like, I'm I'm getting frustrated. Like, stop doing this. And then finally at the end they're like, Oh, here you go. And service. I'm like, okay, fine. Great to see him. If there's a season two, would love to see more of him. But like his impact in the show, which they started off very well. It, it it did start off very, very well. But he should have been there through the entirety of the series. Not like in not like there, but like his impact should be felt. You know, Obi-Wan gets desperate. You know, you get the impression when you start this show that Obi-Wan's been trying to reach out to him for years with no avail. In the beginning of with the recap of this entire series, in the very, very beginning, they they reference the line from Revenge of the Sith with Yoda going, Hey, Obi-Wan, I have training for you. When you're on Tatooine, okay? Here's how to commune with your old master. And Obi-Wan clearly sucks at it. He's not good at it. But I at least would have liked to have seen the evolution of Obi-Wan getting stronger and getting to that point where he's recognizing, oh, I can't commune with Qui-Gon because I can't emotionally let go. And the Force is all about the mystical, being able to let go, you know, not really being so stuck to the physical world. Like you have to let go of like the physical world in order to, you know, spiritually be in the the force realm of things. It's very like a religious thing. And I thought that we were going to get that kind of buildup throughout the show where Obi-Wan slowly realizes this over the course of the series, where then he finally has to let go of Anakin. And yeah, they kind of did it, but I didn't really feel like it was as impactful as it could have been. And then you can still feel Qui-Gon's presence throughout. And then when you get to these final episodes, it really feels like this earned moment of, oh, Obi-Wan's been working towards this. And now this is the moment. This is the climax. And I can't believe we're here. He's finally learned to to let go of his grief and his emotions. And it just didn't hit the way I think that they expected it to hit. And then Qui-Gon turns around at the end and he's like, took you long enough. I know. <laughs> I was like, what? What line to use? Like, come on. <laughs> Like, did that not feel... Yeah, it took you long enough, Disney, to put him in there. Like, (laughs) like, they also, even in the recap, it's like they put that, from the deleted scene in Revenge of the Sith, they put Yoda saying, teach you to commune with Qui-Gon, whatever. Mm -hmm. I I don't know what he says, whatever. And then then the first episode, it's like in one of the first scenes, he's trying to talk to Qui-Gon. So you think he's going to have a, oh, he'll have a part in the show somehow. Mm -hmm. Or his influence will just be there. For the entire (laughs) season, until the last... 20 seconds? It's like, that's not fair. Guys, don't set it up as though it's, he's going to play some huge role. He clearly didn't. You know, Obi-Wan went through this himself. Like, you can hear <laughs> Qui-Gon's voice throughout a couple of times. Which, by the way, dude, it does kind of make Qui-Gon look like a dick. You know? Because it's like, I've been here the entire time. <laughs> no, I think, kind of. I think, I, I just think the dialogue was clunky. I mean, I think it is what I said earlier, which is like, Obi-Wan's kind of lost his connection with the Force. But they should right. have had it brought back before he faces Vader again. And that's yes. when he talks to Qui-Gon. That's what yes. I think is a way more impactful moment for everybody. It also makes more sense. Like, Obi-Wan just kind of came back out of nowhere and just <laughs> kicks Vader's ass. And you're like, wow, okay. <laughs> um, so I think that would have been more impactful. Also, while we're on the topic of other Jedi, I'm not mad about this. It's just bizarre to me. We don't even get a mention of Yoda. Not even Yeah, that like, is really not weird. Not even a, a head nod. Nothing. Which is, I don't, I'm not like mad about it. I'm just... A little surprised. Like, does Obi Wan forget he exists? Like, you know what? Are you trying to talk with Qui Gon? How about your other Jedi Master who's still alive? 
on Tinkaba. Like, you don't even you don't even bring it up. It, you know I, what? I, it's just it's kind of weird to me. It's another Jedi who you know for a fact is still alive. Oh God, dude! You know what? In thinking about it, so you know that little scene where they fake you out in this episode where Obi-Wan's like in the back room of the ship with like all the supplies and he's sitting there and he's like, Master Qui-Gon, like, hey, dude, wouldn't that have been so much better if we found out that Obi-Wan's also been communing with Yoda, but you can only hear Yoda's voice and Yoda's voice comes over and he's like, patience master kenobi or whatever yeah, guiding yeah. him and obi-wan being like i can't do yeah. this you don't need to see him sure. just throw in these little these little moments well, of like, yoda dude, so we at least know yeah. that like obi-wan's still communing with him and obi-wan's struggling and yoda's like you have to be patient you have to be at peace yeah yeah and I, it was you're it's right just, it's just weird i don't, like he knows he's alive he doesn't we don't mention him he hasn't thought about yoda he hasn't talked to him at all since Muzdamar. there's nothing they're not even in contact with one another? That seems unlikely. <laughs> Which, um, by the way, that, that actually makes Yoda look more like a dick, too. Because, <laughs> like, yeah. what is he doing? Is he sleeping? <laughs> like, what kind of makes look like a dick? He's like, I'd rather try to talk to my dead Jedi Master, who I haven't got in touch with in the last ten years, than try to get in touch with the other older, <laughs> more wise Jedi Master, who I know for a fact is alive, and I know where he lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's just, weird. It's just weird. It's a weird I'm, I'm choice. I'm not mad they didn't include him. It's just, it's strange to me. Like, there's not even a reference. Not even like a, oh, yeah. Like, it's, I don't know, Dagobah, or like you said, a, a voice, like of, of them communicating well, somehow. Dude, I need you to get some, watch some of Rebels, because it would really influence, like, the way that you view Star Wars media now, because there's so many great elements in that show. But one really good element in Rebels is that Ezra and Kanan commune with Yoda in that show, and Yoda, like, gives them, like, words of advice. Like, they can still reach out to him and talk to him. And Yoda's, like, very, like, active. And he's, like, mentoring them as Kanan and Ezra are working to, like, strengthen their Jedi skills. And it's a great scene. Yoda's still out there. Like, he's still, like, mentoring Jedi that have survived. And so to not have him in this show briefly, again, to your point, is just strange. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just, um... I don't know why. Um, it just seems like they, they, there was a lot of filler stuff in, in a lot of these episodes. I mean, episode four, that should have been an entirely different episode. There was no reason to rehash the well, Leia thing. Well, I think they could have. I don't, I don't mind it, but there's a couple things they needed to change. Number one, the Reva interrogation scene was laughably stupid. <laughs> why are you interrogating a 10-year-old like that? Who does that? Why is it going on for 20 minutes? big, scary machine. Like, that's crazy. Um, two, that's what it should have been the episode where Obi-Wan gets his mojo back, maybe. Like, at least a little bit. Like, yes. convey that more. You know, he kind yes. of just picked, had his lightsaber. And, I mean, it, they did an okay job. You could still tell he was rusty and stuff. Um, but, uh, uh, and you get major A New Hope vibes in that there, too, which I thought was cool. But then, like, the bla the, the ship going and blasting, just hovering there, blasting at Reva, and she's just blocking. That was so stupid. Um, and then sneaking Leia out in a coat. Is this a Scooby-Doo movie? What are we doing? Like, no, it's Muppet Man. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is this? So there's like, there was just like little things like that throughout the season where you, you go, okay, unnecessary, dumb. First episode, fantastic, I thought. Great, great, great job. Second episode, not perfect, um, but I can see where they were going with it. And interesting. I got to watch the whole thing again now, like just to mm -hmm. see the cohesiveness of it throughout. Third episode, I think, was a lot of filler, but fantastic ending. 
the introduction of the beginning of it, the introduction to Vader, the new Vader, um, and then him going to that town, and then him and Obi Wan facing off. Other than the fact that Deborah Chow broke the 180 rule, <laughs> whatever, it's still bothering me. I was watching a little bit of that episode beforehand, and I'm like, God, what a stupid creative choice. That uh, I wonder if she's done that anywhere else. Probably. I'm gonna look for it now. <laughs> and, uh, but that was a great, great ending, great episode. Vader was written flawlessly. Obi Wan uh, dialogue was written very well too. Um, four could have done without a lot of that episode. It's just with six episodes in here, you got to be efficient with your time. You can't be having 35 minute episodes. Like, what are we doing, guys? And then the fifth episode, fantastic. A little corny in those areas where the stormtroopers are like three feet from the other people shooting at them. It's like beep 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 beep. Five feet from each other. <laughs> but Vader was incredible in this. Reva finally started getting good with some more character development, which they should have introduced earlier. Yep. That would also would have helped her characters. Introduce her motives earlier, not the episode before the ending of the show. And then obviously the last episode was amazing. It might be one of my favorite star, if not my favorite Star Wars moment of all time, is that Obi-Wan slash Vader interaction with the helmet cut off and the lightsaber. Uh lights changing on each other's faces you can see the mm-hmm. light fade off of obi-wan as he realizes his friend is dead and you fade fades out of anakin after he tells obi-wan this isn't your fault i chose this and then he gets that closure it's tough and you can see he's the new obi-wan from a new hope so the character development of obi-wan throughout the show fantastic very very well done his struggle you an unbelievable actor so good um hayden amazing job Clone Wars flashbacks, awesome. Great to see Hayden back. Would love to see more of him in Ahsoka, which we probably will get. We, we are definitely getting, because he's been avoiding questions like that. Like, the plague? Yes. So, overall, for me, I... If I, if I wasn't an avid viewer of Star Wars, I would probably give this show, like, a 6.9. Okay. Um, maybe, like, a... Maybe lower, if I, if I didn't know Star Wars. Because the story is tough. To, it's kind of tough in areas. However... Since I am a fan of Star Wars, I did like the show overall. I think this last episode did kind of bump it from the sevens to me to the eights. I think I'm about at like an 8.1 for the series as a whole, which I think is high, but it's because I love Star Wars. This last episode was so good, and I love the story. This Fall from Grace story is amazing, and it really enhanced that for both Obi-Wan and Vader. And if I look at it from that point of view of the character development there, and also Leia and Owen and Luke... All those characters' uh, stories were deepened and enriched for me by this show. That's why I'm giving it a, a higher rating because that's what matters to me at the end of the day is what's the Skywalker saga story? Mm-hmm. And and h- how did this show impact that? And I think it very positively impacted it. Is there some BS along the way? Sure. But there's moments like that in every Star Wars movie. Every Star Wars movie has its really corny moments. Some stupid moments, some stupid characters, some stupid writing. But the crux of the story is there. The story is there. And it's a very good story. And it's well told with interesting elements. And Phantom Menace is flawed. Cool characters like Darth Maul. Some bad acting, some bad writing. Cool characters like Qui-Gon Jinn. Same thing with Attack of the Clones. Same things with Revenge of the Sith. You're going to find that everywhere in Star Wars. However, it's about preserving the meat and potatoes of what the story is that keeps people coming back. And that's what I keep coming back to. And that's where I think the show succeeded was it enhanced the story that we all know and love. So in that regard, this show is a success for me. Okay. I think 
So one of my biggest fears going into the show was that they were going to Luke Skywalker Obi-Wan, which I kind of knew that they wouldn't do because they did have to learn a lot from The Last Jedi. And I just absolutely hated the interpretation of Luke in The Last Jedi, which just felt so antithetical to the character, in my personal opinion. And so I was afraid going into Kenobi that they were going to do a similar thing where they made Obi-Wan out to be a loser. And I am very happy to say is I don't feel like they did that at all. I feel like they kept true to the core of Obi-Wan's character, which is at the end of the day, a very, very good and kind man who is grieving the loss of his friends and his family and has to let go of that to get to the next phase of his life, which is Alec Guinness, which is the very cool, collected, I am at peace, I'm one with the Force and the Force is with me, Obi-Wan. I don't feel like the show hit all of the writing potential that it could have. I don't feel like I was as emotionally invested as I would have liked to be. I think that there were moments of brilliance throughout the show. So for example, like the the Vader unmasking thing. Again, I feel weird about it because Rebels did it first and I think Rebels did it a little bit better, but it worked for me on an emotional level because again, Ewan's reaction in that moment, like holy cow, I, I felt that. Like, that was really, really, really personal to me. And in that moment, I recognized that that's the way I wanted to feel about the entire show. I just feel from, like, a story standpoint, I don't feel, like, 100% convinced that uh, Obi-Wan is the Alec Guinness version of Obi-Wan now. I don't really feel that connection. I feel like there's still so much that could have been done and that needs to be done to make me feel like he's gotten to that point specifically. But I don't think the show has done anything to ruin the character of Obi-Wan or take away from characters. Like, it didn't do anything that made me go, oh my gosh, this made me hate Vader. Oh my gosh, this made me hate Obi-Wan, Leia, Luke, Owen. I agree with you. I think it added to characters, but it did not hit me in a way that I felt was super compelling. So overall, I think that there were good moments in this show that I really, really like. And I agree with you, the finale was satisfying. I I am leaving this show disappointed, a little bit disappointed, feeling like that there was a lot more potential for the story and the characters. And so I think I'm always going to like have that feeling of disappointment. But there were good things in this show that I can take away from it and be like, Yes, I loved that. Yes, I loved that. And I can only hope moving forward that the writing just continues to get better and better with every single Star Wars project, especially because I do want to see more of Ewan and Hayden. I know we're going to get more Hayden in the Ahsoka show, but it would just be really nice if Ewan showed up in there too. So I don't think I'm going to walk away saying like, this is my favorite piece of Star Wars media. And I'm okay with that. I'm completely okay with that because it didn't do anything that's like, you ruined this and it was absolutely awful. Like the way I feel about the last Jedi, this is a perfect example. The way I feel about the last Jedi is I really feel like that almost ruined the original trilogy for me. And I, I have not been able to watch that movie since I saw it in theaters because I just hated it that much. I do not feel that way about Kenobi. I feel like it only added to the characters and it didn't take away from them. It's a hard thing to do. It's one of the first Star Wars things that's come out since Revenge of the Sith for me, where I'm like, Okay, this this actually, uh, you it's not perfect, but you know what? The characters I care about, it didn't you didn't ruin them. No, it <laughs> yeah. did them justice, which they ruined Leia. Luke felt like a loser. Han felt like a divorced dad with no life. <laughs> um, but there's good. There's there's positive moments in, in in those. Not there's not very many of them. I think there's far more positive elements in Obi Wan Kenobi, and it, also it's important to keep in mind. 
these writers have an impossible job on their hands. No one is 100% happy with this show. Some people might say they are, I mean, good for them, but you're going to upset people on something, no matter what you do with a piece of media like this. So I think the odds of us walking away from this feeling 100% satisfied were about 0.01% because we all have different expectations going in. What we'd like to see versus what actually happens, what character, what new characters are introduced, how do they handle old characters. Um, so it's an impossible job that these these writers have. I agree. There are some missed opportunities here. It, there were some areas where they could have really hit the mark more. For me, all that really comes down to is um, they made they went after the money and made it a, a, a six-part TV show rather than making it a movie as it was intended. Uh, and, and also didn't anticipate the fact that, hey, maybe eight to ten episodes <laughs> would make more sense trying to tell the story that we're, that we're telling. I don't – and that's why I'm saying from an objective perspective, it's not a – like if you compare it to like a Breaking Bad or you compare it to The Sopranos or Game of Thrones, uh, it's not – very close in terms of right. quality of writing, I think. Um, yeah. However, it, it does kind of stand as its own things. It's Star Wars, it's fantasy, it's all that stuff. So to me, in, in that regard, that's why it's higher. Is I, you know, I, I'm more willing to cut slack because in the areas that really matter to me, which is really just Obi-Wan and Vader, it did a very, very good job. There are some areas where it, like Obi-Wan could have been, they could have wrote a couple extra things here and there. But like, you know what? It is what it is. I'm just happy to have this Star Wars content. And that last episode gave me peace with it. And it made me go, all right, this is what I needed. This, I, this was a scene that I needed. Otherwise, I probably would have walked away a little bit more disappointed like you. But I loved how they wrapped this up. I loved that last scene. I loved the dialogue. It, it gave me a lot of clarity with both characters. Uh, gave Obi-Wan closure. And I think Anakin as well, some closure in a weird way. Right. You know? And I right. do kind of feel like Obi-Wan, he's not quite that out skin as Obi-Wan yet, but he's on his way to be there. He feels more, he feels way more like it. His evolution as a character throughout the show mm -hmm. well done. Same with Vader as being still kind of like a Padawan in a way. Um, right. So it'll and be interesting to see what they do. But I, I think at the end of the day, good show. Um, not great, but good show. I give it, like I said, like an eight one ish, and that's mainly because of the last the last two episodes, and then the third episode. Having it be done now, I'll be interested to see if they do anything else. Which brings the question: which I know Well, real quick, before you get into the season two question, because I am interested to hear your thoughts specifically on that. But I would have to say, like, really quick, in comparison with your rating, because I asked our. Um, there goes Grogu again. Uh, I asked our followers them what they would rate this episode out of, or not, excuse me, not the episode, what they would rate the overall Kenobi series out yeah. of 10. Mm -hmm. For me personally, I would probably rate, and this is different on an episode and episode basis, but as an entire series for Obi-Wan, I would probably rate it a 7.5 out of 10 okay. um, for the overall show. For this last episode, I would probably rate it like in 8.5 to 8.8, .8, somewhere around there. It was definitely one of the stronger episodes of the entire show. This episode and the last episode were definitely the two best episodes, followed very closely by the first episode. But I would have to say 7.5 for the overall show. And then I do think my ratings are definitely changing on individual episodes after getting the full picture. But I did ask our followers what they would rate it. And I think you would be really interested to hear how they ranked the show overall. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just going to pull it up on my computer because that's faster. So 
So Tony says he ranks it an 8 out of 10. Phil says he rates it a 5 out of 10. Matt Mays says, other than messing up... 10, Phil, you didn't really want to elaborate there. Okay, well, 5 out of 10. It's kind of a brutal rating, but I kind of get it. I mean, if you're not a Star Wars guy. Uh, Matt Mays says, other than messing up episodes 4, 5, 6, why didn't Obi-Wan rid the galaxy of Darth Vader once and for all? It kind of ruins episode uh, 4. Kenobi made the mistake of not killing Anakin because he thought he was dead, then somehow heard about this Dark Lord Darth Vader through the grapevine and felt bad about not finishing the job. (laughs) Yeah, you know what? Before we get to the rest of the people's ratings, that is really weird that Obi-Wan's like, oh, I feel guilty, all of this stuff, and like, I get it, I understand. But the fact that he just like looked at Darth Vader and was like, goodbye, Darth, and leaves... I almost felt like they needed to have like stormtroopers come in and like protect Darth Vader or something so Obi-Wan couldn't finish the job because up until that point like you said earlier it's like Obi-Wan gets this aggression and you really get the idea that like he's going to finish him. And then you have that mask moment and then he's like, "Oh my god, that's my friend." Yeah. And then he just leaves Vader there? <laughs> like- yeah, well, I think I thought about this a lot. In the moment I was thinking this, as I'm watching the episode, by the way, reacting, all these thoughts are going through my head. I don't like talking very much during my reactions because I'm trying to absorb what's happening. But I thought the same thing initially, and then I gave it some thought afterwards. And I've actually thought about this a lot. Um, I think, number one, it's not in Obi-Wan's character to do so. He didn't finish the job on Mustafar either. That's true. That's, that's not the kind of Jedi he is. He's not the kind of uh, person to, to do that. He feels sorry. For Anakin more than anything else now. He knows, oh, this is the life you chose. I, I beat you again. You're just a sad man at this point with a broken life and a bunch of half limbs. Like you don't have almost anything anymore. I think he feels really, he, he pities Vader. Mm-hmm. And then also I think it's more of just like, I mean, there are some dark times, I guess, but Obi-Wan's struggle was more about the fall from grace, I think. Obi-Wan doesn't really ever talk much about, like, how terrible things are in the galaxy. You know? I think it's more of just, like, he's uh, he's he's nostalgic and sad for the way things end with the Jedi Order and how things his friend had a fall from grace. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. There's also that theory of, like, <laughs> on Reddit, it's like, Empire did nothing wrong with the subway, which is <laughs> hilarious. Which is like, yeah, the Empire, it's like, it's a bunch of order. Um, I don't know how bad things actually were. I mean, it's kind of annoying. You have to go through all these checkpoints and stuff. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But there's an argument to be made. The Empire is really not that bad. Now, in in terms of this specific scene, I think it really just comes down to it's not Obi-Wan's character to do that. Um, Which I agree with, but I feel like it could have been written in a way where it was like... Yeah, probably a little bit better, but I do love that ending of him yelling. Obi-Wan was like... Ooh, he got a Darth... Um, haunting, dude. That whole scene. Haunting. He got a Darth Maul moment where he goes, mm-hmm. you know that whole, Kenobi! It was the... opinion, by the way. This one is better. Obi-Wan! I, I think this one is so much better. Oh, it's, it's more heartbreaking. Way more heartbreaking. And the angst in Anakin's voice, um, the anger, um, the helplessness. And he doesn't like being pitied. You can tell Obi-Wan's pitying him. You can tell Obi-Wan's pitying him in that moment and he hates that. And he knows he got bested by his former master again. Dude, all of that got conveyed so well in that. In that oh, scene. such a heartbreaking scene. But yeah, anyway. That's my thoughts. I think it's like, yeah. I think it's, it's also, yeah, it breaks canon, <laughs> number one, but two. Yeah. That's not, Obi-Wan didn't do it the first time. What, what would make him change to do it again this time? 
and there's an argument to be made there, but I think Obi-Wan had his closure. And after that, it's kind of just like, all right, well, I'm done with this. I Peace. You, you're a sad man and I could finish the job anytime I want kind of thing. <laughs> it's like, I will see you in nine years when I eat myself into the afterlife. Okay. Captain Bobo says seven over 10 overall. It was good. Jimmy Boredom says, I'm giving the series an eight. It was kind of meh with Reva and the Inquisitors, but Vader and Obi-Wan was spectacular. Yep. That's pretty much exactly what I said, by the way. So yeah. I not agree with you more, Jimmy. It was the, the external elements was unnecessary, but mm. Vader and Kenobi, that story was fantastic. And I think that's what the show is going to be remembered for, by the way, at the end of the day. Yeah. They're not going to remember. They're, they won't, nobody will remember Reva. Nobody will remember the Inquisitors. They're going to go, oh my God, you remember that scene with Vader and Obi-Wan and, and will do slicing? A cut into a movie. Into yeah. Like two and a half, three hour movie. I guarantee you. And it will be better than the show. <laughs> Derek says 6.5 out of 10 for me. It is the definition of a mixed bag. The writing was sloppy in places. The score outside of the final episode was outright bad. Shot selection was jarring and out of place at times. There were cool characters and ideas mixed with moments that were great, but I felt that the execution was off. Great finale, however, but I hope Disney learns from the mishandling of some things here. Actually, I really agree with this. It just with a lot of the elements in this specific comment, but I do want to say one thing that stood out to me. You know how everybody's been talking about the camera shakes in mm-hmm. this show? Which I haven't really noticed all <laughs> Which, much. it really bothers me, dude, because I, I noticed something after I got done with my second watch of the episode is in this show, when Anakin, or excuse me, God, why do I keep saying Anakin? When Vader and Obi-Wan are fighting, there is a lot of camera shaking going on and it's behind them and it's like all this and all like the moves are going on and the camera shaking. It's irked me because I went back and I rewatched Anakin versus Obi-Wan in Revenge of the Sith. Mm-hmm. And the characters' movements are driving the action, not the camera. So in Kenobi, the camera is driving a lot of this action instead of the characters that they're choosing to focus on. Another great th- scene that I can think of as an example is the whole stormtroopers and the rebels like standing within range of each other and then the camera shaking. If you watch the final battle between Anakin and Obi-Wan, the camera shots are very straight on and they move very, very slightly, but Anakin and Obi-Wan's movements are driving the action. And you can see all those sick wrist flicks that Ewan and Hayden are doing. It's just so, so, so cool in choreography. But what they're really showing off there is the movement and the choreography of these two characters and not the angles of the camera. And watching that in contrast with Kenobi, I was like, this just feels so unnecessary to do. And I almost feel like that they were shaking the camera so much because we have a very ADHD society in which people just constantly want to get to the next thing and the next thing and the next thing. And we live in an era of filmmaking right now where a lot of people don't have patience for like quieter scenes or just face on camera shots, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And when I compared that, I was like, ooh, like they didn't need to do this, but for some reason they felt like to increase the action, they needed to move the camera more. It's just interesting. It's like, if anybody wants to know what I'm talking about, go watch the final fight scene between Anakin and Obi-Wan in episode three, and then watch Vader and Obi-Wan's duels in Kenobi, because there is a really stark difference with the way it's shot. But I think the way episode three does it is way more effective because the characters are driving the action. It's just something to think about. Yeah. I kind of disagree on the attention Man theory. I think our, this generation is more willing than ever to watch things statically and, and watch conversations. And, you know, even with long form content, I mean, look at how big, like, for example, like podcasts are right now. People sit and watch two or three hour episodes of podcasts and don't blink an eye. 
so the attention span is there. I think maybe it's the perception that people don't have that uh, attention span. It's also just a cinematography choice. I didn't really notice it that much, to be honest. I didn't. Really, it didn't really take away from the show for me at all. I think there were some some, some moments where it was cool, where it, the shaking camera is meant to feel like it's you're there and you're kind of hiding, looking around. So it makes it feel more <laughs> in your face. Um, that's kind of the purpose of it is to make it look like you're watching the point of view of someone else. So like when Vader's getting off his ship in Episode Five, they did a little bit of a shaky cam. That's really one of the only things I, or only one of the only shaking cam things I recognize. And I thought it was impactful and fine. It didn't impact the show too, too much for me. I think having like other stuff though, like the PowerPoint presentation transitions <laughs> would have made it feel more like Star Wars-y, for example. <laughs> I, uh, the, um, I, I definitely agree with that because I was thinking about that earlier today. I was like, man, the lack of PowerPoint presentations, because then it became really obvious to me, dude, after you said that, I yeah. went back and I like rewatched episodes four and five and I was like, oh my God, like the lack of the Star Wars-y PowerPoint transitions. It's just, it. Again, it's the little details that affect this show. But I get what you're saying about the camera shakes being a choice. But Which, by the way, in, in, also in, in conjunction with that, though. Well, really quick, in with my personal opinion, I think that contributed to the fan filminess of it. Probably a little bit. Because a lot of fan films do that. In coordination with that, I agree. There were some fan filming type of shots. But I will say the cinematography as a whole, I liked. There's some really good shots in this show. Um, Vader, right after he gets ready in season three at the beginning of the episode, all the Vader shots I think were really cool. Mm -hmm. Some really cool Kenobi lightsaber uh, shots. There were some weak ones there too, but I think there were some really good cinematography moments here. Um, It was a mixed bag though, I I will say. like There was also some ones where it's like, oh, I don't know about that choice. (laughs) The episode four cinematography. I also disagree with Derek that the score was bad. I completely disagree. I think... uh, the Obi-Wan theme was fantastic. I love the Vader theme they used, like when you first see him coming into that town and he's scaring all the villagers, being ruthless. And then when he when Obi-Wan and him are Obi-Wan confronts him for the first time and he's like, What have you become? The music playing in the background there's awesome. The music playing in the back of uh their duel in this last episode was great, even though I think prequel music probably could have been a little bit more impactful in some places. I think the score still was pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it just it it could have helped the show more. I think overall, I, I think the, mean, the like, by the way, they're not mutually exclusive. It's not you use one or the other. It's like use them both. Together. Use them together. <laughs> like, yeah. There's no reason not to. Yeah. But just so we can get through these comments, because I do have to go here yeah. pretty soon. Adrian says six point five overall. The lack of good writing and bad CGI and short ep- episodes was the downfall. They should have done a series of the Inquisitors hunting the Jedi and then the Kenobi series. Ooh, kind of agree with that. Mm-hmm. Yikes! That's a really good idea. Imagine if we so got. This agrees with my my regular, not Star Wars, like super Star Wars fan interpretation. Yeah, I think like if you look at it objectively, six point five is probably correct for the show. Yeah, yeah, I concur. I concur with that. Franco says overall, I give it a six. It it has lows very low and highs very high. That is a very good description of that. Wow. Um, but the last episode left me angry. Why didn't they make all the episodes that good? I guess that's all the story they had for a movie. Okay. Yeah, I think these last two episodes also kind of confirmed that there were so many rewrites going on during mm-hmm. this the production of the show, especially because, like you said earlier, they panicked after Solo bombed. And they were like, oh, no, people have Star Wars fatigue, which definitely was not the case. It's just that nobody asked for a solo movie and everybody asked for an Obi-Wan Kenobi movie. 
that was the main issue there. But I think that Franco hit the nail on the head. The lows are low and the highs are high. And I think that really affected, you know, like my personal interpretation of the series, which is like a very mixed bag because the lows are low and the highs are high. David Milano says, I'm willing to overlook or forgive a lot of the TV budget issues or sloppiness in the writing or staging for how well they stuck the landing. I'm looking forward to binging the series. I really appreciate the ways it enhances the original trilogy when, before it started, I was so nervous about it detracting from these movies. 8.5 8.5 out of 10. I guess it really is about lifting rocks. Yeah, I understand that. That's pretty much on par with what you've been saying, Matt. Yeah, that's the Star Wars fan in me talking, saying, yeah. right, you're relating it to the other Star Wars media. You know, if you look at it just from like an objective TV piece of media point of view, it's not the best show on there. But if you look at it from a Star Wars point of view and how it enhances the story and characters, it's a different, it's a different situation. Robin says, I really enjoyed the series. Yes, some episodes were a bit underwhelming, but parts five and six were next level. A solid seven out of ten. Looking forward to the Andor series. Mim (laughs) says, I would give the series an eight or an 8.5, even though I would have done some things a little differently, but then all of the us would have had a different version. I like to take I like to take and stay with the positives out of a series we weren't even counting on a few years ago. It was great to see the cast back and it had some special moments. Um the highlight of the show for me was definitely Ewan and Hayden and like yeah. my god, it was just the feelings that put me through just to see them again was incredible. Matthew says overall I'd give it an eight. It definitely has its problems, but I'm glad with what we got as a whole. And Tisdale Shane says, I give it about an 8.7 out of 10. Acting for the most part was fantastic, specifically for you and Hayden and little Leia. Some weird directing choices in some spots. And I think Reva, although I like the idea of her character, could have been written better if that makes sense. The finale, however, really tied up the show well. Even if people thought the show was bad, the finale was amazing and gave a lot of forward plot stuff in terms of things in A New Hope being more fleshed out. Um, Music was fine. Helped transition the story. And then, like, how Vader got to being Vader. Yeah, so I'd have to say that this, these reviews are pretty mixed, which is what I'm seeing a lot yeah. online. But everybody been, brings up good people, points. I think it's people doing exactly what I'm doing. You have to give it two ratings. Give it a rating as a show, as a standalone TV show, which it's not very strong. And, which it, and that's the problem with it. You should, when you're writing a Star Wars TV show, it should be able to stand alone, like The Mandalorian does. That's a yeah. well-loved show. Beth loves that show. My fiance doesn't <laughs> like Star Wars um, she's not. She doesn't watch Obi Wan. She doesn't care. She's not invested in in Star Wars like I am. But she really likes the Mandalorian. Maybe mainly because of Baby Yoda. But it's an interesting show. And it can stand alone on its own, right? And mm-hmm. every TV show should be able to do that. So if you go with that third party point of view, it's going to be on the lower end of the spectrum. Which some people are trying to be fair in that regard, mm-hmm. which is correct. And then there's another view you can give, which is the Star Wars fan part of you point of view, which is why I'm giving two, which is I think it's closer to the eights. If you're looking at how it enhances the story, how it enhances a new hope and bridges the gap between Revenge of the Sith and a new hope, it does a really good job in some parts. They just tried to do a little bit too much and extend it out through six episodes and, and, and not make it a movie. Right. And then didn't give it enough time as a TV show to develop. And I agree with what the last commenter said about Reva. I really like the idea of Reva's character. I think it's super cool. Mm-hmm. They just, they missed the mark a little bit in terms of how they executed it. So this brings up the last question, and then I know you have to go. Yes. Season two. Let's start with you. What do you think? I um, Do you want it? I don't think it's necessary. I would want it if I knew what the plot was before. Um, yeah. It, I don't, obviously don't tell any more 
Vader, Hayden stuff. We don't need that. If you're going to tell it about Obi-Wan and what he does and further develop his character to the Alec Guinness Obi-Wan mm-hmm. and some force adventures with Qui-Gon and maybe do, or maybe do some stuff where it's flashback to Clone Wars type of stuff and it's Obi-Wan learning the force and having his own little side adventures and what he's up to. I might be up for that. Just a totally new story with you and his Obi-Wan and introduce some new characters and let it flesh out and, you know, develop more. I'd be okay with that, I think, but I don't think it's necessary and I'm not sitting here like make another season make another season I'm, I'm totally fine without it if they did one i'd watch it obviously <laughs> but um yeah i, I do, do not think it's necessary and i'm not i i don't really want it say. i am pretty much on the same page with you uh right now i feel like if they announced a season two it is purely based on corporate disney thinking which yeah. is oh look how many numbers this brought in Let's do a second season, not because there's a good story, but because it brings in the cash and it brings in the numbers, which is absolutely the wrong reason to do the show. There is an opportunity for a story there. Uh, If you remember in the Clone Wars, Yoda goes on his whole spiritual journey to learn how to preserve his life force after death. And Qui-Gon's like, hey, I never learned how to do that, but I'm going to teach you how to do that. Which, by the way, brings up another plot hole. Why can Qui-Gon manifest himself now? Like, that's a whole other story, but... There is a story there, but with the way that this first season, if it is a first season, was written, I would rather them not do it <laughs> just because I wasn't that impressed with the writing unless I knew that a creative I trusted, i.e. Dave Filoni, wrote the entire thing because that guy understands Star Wars and I think he could tell that story in a very compelling and interesting way. But as it stands right now, I think the only reason that Disney would do it and very well will do it is because it's a cash grab. It's a quick cash grab with familiar characters and that makes me nervous. And if that's the case, I don't want it. Yes. And this is important to bring up too. When you're dealing with a show that has already pre-established characters it's way easier to renew it. Yep. And it's also way easier to ruin, by the way. Yep. Um, if you're doing a show with not with characters we don't know yet, it's way easier to get, it's way harder to get renewed because the writing has to stand out. The writing doesn't have to stand out in shows like Obi-Wan because the writing's already been done. The character's mm-hmm. already been built. It's already been developed. So that's why I think Mandalorian has done so well is it's new characters in this, in a familiar universe and the writing was good. Because it had to be, otherwise it wouldn't get renewed. Now, with a show like Obi-Wan, the writing lacked a little bit in some areas. And now if I think it stood alone by itself and Obi-Wan wasn't a super familiar character to us and Vader wasn't the best bad guy of all time, this show would not be getting even get second thoughts about getting renewed. And it's the same issue with Book of Boba Fett, by the way, too. Yep. The writing there did not – that show's not getting renewed. <laughs> um, and that's because there was no really strong moments there. That was a money grab, 100%. They thought this character's badass in Mando season two, so we'll give him his own show. Mm-hmm. And like I said, it's way easier to ruin characters like that because the writing doesn't have to stand out. In order to get shows like The Mandalorian renewed, or mm-hmm. Andor, I bet Andor's going to be great, by the way. Um, the writing yeah. has to be exceptional because mm-hmm. it has to be a show that stands alone that non-Star Wars fans can watch and say, that was dope. So... That's the issues involving familiar characters and TV shows versus non-familiar characters, TV shows writing, in my opinion. Um, so I don't want a second season. I don't think we need one. I'm, or if we did make one, we can wait a couple more years. I'm fine. Get yeah. the story right. 
have more episodes, make them longer. And um, get get some, uh, I don't want, uh, I don't think Joby Harold was necessarily the best fit for this Kenobi show. I mean, like, I would like to see somebody like Dave Filoni on board. Like, that guy's writing, he understands it, he gets it, and, <laughs> like, he's worked directly with these characters before. And so I imagine if you bring the quality of Dave Filoni storytelling to the Obi-Wan show. It, his passion for it. Yes. John Favreau. The reason those shows work is because they're dorks, dude. Yeah, that matters. <laughs> it does. No, you're so right. It definitely matters, and it shows through these moments, like Luke Skywalker showing up, that made everybody yeah. cry. Yeah, because <laughs> it was felt. It was very it was deeply paid felt. Off. The payoff was earned after a yes. long period of time, and it was the right move to do. He wasn't afraid to do it. So I don't know. I don't. I think they'll consider it, but I hope they wait before announcing yes. anything. Give it some time to develop. Let Filoni in on it if you're going to do it. Um, Please let Filoni in on it. For the love of God. Favreau should have complete creative control over Star Wars. Nobody else. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll just see where things go. But honestly, I'm I'm fine with the show. I'm not I'm not as upset as I thought I was going to be after like I was getting a little nervous around episode four. But I've been positive throughout the whole thing and the way it did justice to the characters I really care about, which is Vader and Obi Wan, mm-hmm. I'm very happy with it. Mm-hmm. Um so in that regard, great. The way it was put together as a whole, I have my issues with. But at the end of the day, the show was emotional. It was action packed. It was fun. It was interesting. And it was Star Wars. It still felt Star Wars to me. And that was something I could not say about the sequels. <laughs> I left the theater <laughs> being like, or, or even solo to some degree. I walked out and I'm like, that just, uh, it just was a feeling of like, oh, I'm so let down. And I did not feel that way with this show. And for that, I'm very happy. Um, this. Star Wars story means a lot to me. This, the Skywalker saga means a lot to me. Like I said, I haven't felt this way about a piece of Star Wars media since I left Revenge of the Sith theaters. That's how powerful that scene was for me yesterday watching it. And for that reason alone, like it, it boosts it up very high in my book <clears throat> because it had that emotional impact. Now, whether or not that means the entire show's good is up to fate. Anyone can say what they want to say, but that's how I feel about it. So yeah, 8.1 for this season. For me, 9.3, I think is what I said for the episode. So that's it. Yeah. I would have to say this show added great, some great things to the Star Wars universe that I really enjoyed. Overall, like I said earlier, I just didn't feel like the writing was on par with what I would have liked to feel. But it did not ruin these characters for me. I am always going to say yes to more Ewan and Hayden. They're... Ewan is just an unbelievable actor, and I do want to see him in more Star Wars projects before he officially hangs up the Obi-Wan hood. But overall, I thought the I thought the finale was satisfying. I thought it concluded in a good way, um, but I would have to say overall the show is going to end up being a 7.5 out of 10 in its entirety, and this last episode I would probably have to say 8.7. I just would have liked to see some more... They just could have done more and they could have given these characters more to work with. And I felt like it could have been a lot more impactful, especially with seeing prior Star Wars storytelling. And when you see where Star Wars storytelling can go, like in The Mandalorian, with the writing, with the quality of the writing, it is frustrating when these projects tend to not hit that mark. But I agree with you, you know, like Revenge of the Sith is really personal to me. The prequel era characters are really personal to me. So, of course, I'm going to hold it to a higher standard because I want it to be the best it can possibly be. So at the end of the day, it all comes from a good place. All good feelings. I am very excited about the projects to come this fall, very specifically 
Tales of the Jedi, Bad Batch, Andor should be interesting. We got a lot to look forward to. And with every project that comes out, I just hope the writing for each of these shows just gets better and better and exceeds the last project that came before. So yeah. And I overall, think I look back fondly. On yes. I really do. I think people are going to remember the good bits just like they do with the prequels. You don't remember Jar Jar Binks and Boss Mass <laughs> when you think of the prequels. You think of Darth Maul. You think of Count Dooku. You think of Yoda fighting. You think of Mustafar fight. You think of Obi-Wan Anakin dynamic. You think of all the good things. And I think people are going to look back on this show the same way, thinking of the Vader and Obi-Wan dynamic mostly. Um, and then, like, the Leia character and Owen and that. So that's mm-hmm. how I think the show will be. I think it will be looked back on with fondness, which is... For sure. That's a good sign. I know I said I didn't want a, an Obi-Wan season two, but any more Ewan I get any, here and there, like, keep playing Obi-Wan until the day you die, dude. <laughs> I, I hope this isn't the end of Obi-Wan for him. I, keep, I hope we keep seeing him sprinkled in shows throughout. Same with Hayden. I love Hayden. I love you and they're amazing. <laughs> they are really, they are, they are gifts. <laughs> like yeah. they are wonderful and I love them so much. Yeah. But yeah, we do need to wrap up the show because I have a very yeah. packed Everyone evening else, tonight. let us know your thoughts on this and season two and everything we just talked about below. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Follow us on our socials at star underscore wars underscore pod on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and then listen to us on Spotify, Apple. We have video podcasts on Spotify. You can leave us a review on Apple. Five stars. Let us know what you think of the show. It does help us. Click the notification bell if you're on YouTube. We appreciate it. Um, and we'll talk to you guys next time on another Star Wars podcast. Hopefully we'll have the Star Wars Celebration video done soon. Yes, we'll that is going that to come out next week, hopefully sometime. And okay. last thing before we go, guys, I just want to shout out Matt, who went to Star Wars Celebration, and he got me this amazing Ahsoka Tana show- shirt with Rosario Dawson on it. And so, Matt, I kind of love you for this. You did not have to do that, but yeah, thank welcome. you. You're sp- I was supposed to tell you to open it on the show, but I forgot <laughs> that I mailed it. Like, I didn't know. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's my fault. And then um, I got my cool little Yoda necklace. You can't really see it, but that's that's the trinket. I got it. That's still a celebration. Oh, that's awesome. Take a picture of that. Send it to me. I will. Um, okay. Now you don't have just a cartoon Ahsoka one. Now you have the live action one, which yes. I'm sure you thought that day would never come. But uh, I God. It's here, and we're getting a whole show on her. So we will see you guys on the next episode. We will have some in-between content for you before we get to the next series in about a month from now, a month and a half, something like that. But stay tuned to the channel. We will continue to do episodes. Let us know what you thought of Kenobi. The Force will be with you always.